when the church of Jesus forgets that our battle is, is not against flesh and blood, we make flesh and blood our enemy. These people that I'm called to love are now, I don't just not agree with them or, or see the world differently. They are my enemy. And I perceive what they're doing to me as an enemy attacking me as opposed to a tool of an enemy that hates me. It really alters the, the way that you perceive something. Hey, everybody, and welcome to The Intersection, a podcast that takes a real look at how race and relationships intersect. We will look at how our unique and diverse lives intersect with thousands of people on a regular basis and how the gospel intersects with each facet and issue that we face. Join us as we look at how we can set our eyes on the life of Christ as a source of compassion for each of our relationships. Our hosts include Pastor Jeff Bogue, Senior Pastor at Grace Church of Greater Akron, Bishop Joey Johnson, Founder and Senior Pastor at the House of the Lord, and Pastor Coach Kemp Boyd, Co-Pastor at Garden City Church and Executive Director for Love Akron. Keep listening as we cross paths on today's episode of The Intersection. So welcome everybody to another episode of The Intersection. Um, it is a podcast that brings together myself, um, Pastor Jeff Bogue of Grace Church and Pastor Bishop Joey Johnson of the House of the Lord. So brothers, thank you so much, man, for being for being here again. It's been, it seemed like it's been forever since we have gotten together, but that is not our fault. Pastor Jeff, that is Bishop Johnson's fault because he travels a whole I lot. It was Jeff's fault. He was gone yeah. on vacation. Oh, yeah. Him. Oh, I forgot. Yeah, you was going, Jeff, on a sabbatical yeah. or something uh, for like. We were doing so well blaming somebody else. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like for, for about three months. Um, and so, the Jeff but I'm glad to see you guys and see your sm smiling faces. And um, as I always tell Bishop, I'll say the same thing to you, Pastor Jeff. Just appreciate your support. Just you as a brother, as a friend um, of what you've been to me personally, but also what you've been to, man, our organization, man. So thank you, brother, for your time. Bishop, you you already know how I feel about you um, and your wealth of knowledge and information that lies behind you in all those books. <laughs> but um, that's, that's, vanity, that's vanity behind me. Brother. Oh, vanity. my goodness. Um <laughs> We, we were talking a little bit off air, man, and, you know, you guys obviously do a great job of checking on me, but, man, there's a heaviness right now that I feel like, man, I, I just feel like it's a cloud, man, right? Like, I, I can remember watching, you know, Charlie Brown way back when, and there was like that little thunderstorm that would follow a character, and I feel like that personally but I also feel like that a little bit when I when I think about us as the body of Christ. Like this just weight in the heaven is it's not the weight of God's glory either. Right. Like it's just the it's the weight of these worldly things, the worldly culture that has come in that maybe I don't know, man, you guys tell me, I, I think I, I respect you guys as experts a little bit in this more than myself, but it almost seems like. Have we shifted, if you will, culturally to where the, all the other things have be, have become the, I don't know, be that cloud over us to, to bring about dissension, to bring about things like what are some of those, and, and you mentioned a little bit of this, Bishop, off air, and, and you said this, like the, the meaning of things, like how does, you know, even when we look at politically, Right. How is this kind of seeped in and brought about this heaviness that not only that I feel, but I kind of see? Yeah. Like, like I, I need some help in that. And I know our audience does as well. Well, let, let me let me go with something. I didn't even mention this, but as, as you were talking, it kind of came to my to my mind and my spirit. We're, we're dealing with an audience in America that is very uh, intellectual, rational, Western. And so we don't give a lot of credence to this, but I'd like to talk about it a little bit today. Um, there is a spiritual warfare going on that we hardly ever talk about yeah. or deal with as if there is no enemy. 
Uh, we're just dealing with normal circumstances and situations. I, I remember, I'll tell the story and it'll probably help some folks. Um, I had a, a friend who shall go unnamed and we decided to, we would ride across country, great friends, and just we would just get up in the morning, drive, and wherever we felt like we would stop, we would just stop there about two or three o'clock and look at the land and go to mountains and whatever was going on in the country. And we would go cross country. We've done that two or three times. This particular time, we went to Las Vegas, and uh, mm -hmm. we happened to stay at the MGM Grand. And uh, as we were driving down uh, into Lake Mead, it's a very, very calm-looking blue lake. Um, it's incredible. The further we drove towards uh, Las Vegas, the heavier I felt. Mm -hmm. And my partner, my, my friend who had been into the world very heavily and that kind of thing, the closer we got to Las Vegas, the more excited he got. <laughs> the closer I got, the more depressed I got. And it, you would think, I think that Americans were like, well, there's nothing to that. I mean, you just, it was a darkness on that city. Yep. Mm -hmm. And as I moved into the city, and I, I felt it worse, more and more. I turned to my partner and I was my buddy and I said, look, man, mm. I'm not, I can't stay here. I'm going to stay the night and then I'm out. I'm gone. Now, you can be in the car or you can stay here if you like, because you seem to be enjoying this. But my car is leaving in the morning. Mm. Uh, <laughs> he, he, he well, let's just go out and walk down the strip you know we're here and uh, so we went out we started walking down the strip people started starting to put pornography in my hands mm -hmm. i mean some other things happened i said look i'm done i'm done I, I can't do this and so i have a sensitivity not all people do and many people don't i have a sensitivity to spiritual uh dimensions and darkness can have a very powerful impact. There's some dark stuff going on in our country. There's some dark stuff going on in our world. There's some dark stuff going on in our city. And how does the church approach that? And what do we do with it? Um, the Bible would just say, we struggle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, wickedness in high places. I don't hear many sermons on that. Um, I hear sermons on what we ought to do, uh, what we think, on propositional theology, um, but not much on the fight against darkness. You know, it, it's, uh, I so agree with you, Joey, that I've had those circumstances. We, um, a couple years ago, we went out west, my, my wife and I and our friends, and we went to, uh, we were in Salt Lake City, I went to the Mormon Tabernacle, and it was the same thing. I, I looked at my friend, I said, I need to leave. I need to leave. The, the, the oppression of, of the false teaching was around me. And there, I do think that we blow that off. Now, what's funny, my, my, um, my wife is Brazilian. Uh, she does not blow that off at all. Like that was a part of her life. She doesn't, she thinks about it completely differently than I would think about it. And it's actually, she's been a real uh, aid to me in that process where she's like, have you thought about this spiritually? I'm like, oh, <laughs> right. It, it wakes me up. I think what happens when, when the church of Jesus forgets um, that our battle is, is not against flesh and blood. Um, I think a couple of things happen. One, we make flesh and blood our enemy. Mm, come on and now. So the, these, these neighbors, these people that I'm called to love are now, I don't just not agree with them or, or see the world differently. They are my enemy. And I perceive what they're doing to me as an enemy attacking me as opposed to a tool of an enemy that hates me. It really alters the, the way that you perceive something. I think the other thing that happens when we don't uh, think, think things through in a spiritual context is we will try to bring, we will try to use tools of darkness as instruments of light. Mm. Mm. 
So <laughs> we'll we'll try to um, I I think there's there's like two main things that are like attacking the church right now uh, in our culture and in our city. One is wokeism, and the other is nationalism. And if you look at the divides in the church, they're they're usually generally along those lines of of why aren't you accepting these things or why aren't you trying to um, believe in the country kind of thing. And both of those things are instruments of darkness. Both of them are not rooted in Christ, but Christ's followers will try to redeem one or the other or, or look and say, uh, this is where I'm going to put my trust. I'm going to put my trust in, we need to re reevaluate, reinvent what who Christ is and kind of wokeism, or I'm going to say Jesus's highest goal for me is to make the country what I want it to be. Both of those things are devoid of the gospel. And so when we pour our attention into that, we'll, we'll pervert the gospel to fit into both of those places. And it's because we didn't start with the mind of Christ, the heart of Christ. We started from a cultural position that we're trying to infuse Jesus into instead of a Jesus position that we're trying to interpret our culture through. And I think it's affecting the church in massive ways right now. That's good, brother. That's good, Pastor. Let, let's, let's back up a minute because uh, what, what you're saying is so powerful and it's so important, but we're missing a context just because we have, how much time do we have? But the culture has a spirit. Mm. We don't deal with the spirit. We just deal with the culture. And so if you go back into Bible's times, it would help us to understand we don't see it this way because we're, we're Westerners. Their dealing with the spirit is very natural to them. Hmm. I mean, just read the New Testament. I mean, they're demons, they're angels, they're, whereas we hardly believe in any of that. Yeah. So how do you deal with a culture, uh, a Bible, a text that's dealing with evil, and then you come into our context and we're not dealing with evil, we're just dealing with people. You know, I hate him. I hate her. I do. But don't you think there is a, a spiritual battle going on? Don't you believe that the devil is doing something here? Don't you? Can't you see that there is something happening here? And so I've been doing some teaching. I'm, I'm teaching on the covenant right now. And one of the covenant um, uh, actions is you take on, uh, when you have a covenant, you take on your, your patron's enemies and they take on your enemies. Uh, and it's been very powerful, some of it. And, uh, but this was very powerful in church because people began to understand the devil is really not my enemy. Hmm. He's really God's enemy. Hmm. But because he can't get to God, he attacks us. So once I begin to understand who are the real enemy, and then uh, God takes on our enemy. Well, you would have to ask the question, what's, who is our enemy? Well, I don't think we would see it this way, but the Bible would say our enemy is death. We would say that. We, we would say every other trivial thing you can think of because we don't understand that all of these roads, what the devil is trying to do is steal, kill, and destroy. I came that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly the devil comes to take away your life now i'm going to jump in and i'm going to let pastor jeff come in and clean it up so you have the one i believe one of the supreme attributes of god is generosity and most people will say no the supreme attribute of god is love and how is the love demonstrated it's demonstrated in Genesis. Read the New Testament. And one of the supreme attributes of evil is stinginess. It is holding back anything that would be positive or giving of oneself or sacrifice or that's America. Now, you have to recognize in America when a tragedy takes place, you will see people come out of the woodwork and do all kinds of good works. Give, 
help, which I'm seeing it in Florida right now. I just came back. But on a normal, regular, everyday basis, you see an individuality that separates us based upon death, evil, and that which is, old, which is prevalent in the atmosphere of our country. Can I, can I ask for an example? Just, just, just for our audience, let's, let's give a, let's give a sure. example. I, I wanna give, a, I'll give a number of, of, of answers. The, the, we no longer have, as I said earlier off air, we no longer have civility. We now have a demeaning culture, a mean culture where we attempt to harm people that we disagree with openly. It used to be the civility would say, even if I felt that, I wouldn't say it. But there is a pervading culture now, a pervading spirit that causes us to just be mean about things. Now, when you read the Bible, you could go, we don't know what to do with this. But do you know that the Bible talks about this in terms of spirits, not in terms of psychology, but the spirit of evil, the spirit of lying, the spirit uh, and I did a sermon series on that because there's about 19 of them, which once again, we talk nothing about. All of our problems are psychological. None of them are spiritual. <laughs> but the Bible says there are spiritual elements. So let me give you one example, just one. If a person is caught in a drug culture, is there no spiritual element to that? Is it all just physical? Is it all just psychological? Or is there a demonic component where people are trapped in their spirit, not just trapped psychologically, not just trapped with a physical addiction, but trapped demonically? There, some, there is an evil that is also a part of the process. So, so let me go before you go, Pastor Jeff. So, Bishop, you said 19 spirits, 19 spirits of all kinds of spirit. You know, one of them that we would laugh at today, the spirit of whoredom. The spirit. So the Bible just gives us a whole long list of spirits because they, view, they, are, they are a Hebrew culture that deals with things from a spiritual perspective. We are a Western culture that deals with things from a rationalistic perspective. So many of the things that we read in the Bible, we don't even understand because we're looking at it through American lenses rather than the spiritual lenses of a warfare. We are in a warfare between God and Satan, but we don't talk about warfare. We talk about politics, intellectual stuff, counseling, issues, poverty, racism, whatever. Now, let's take racism. That's what we've been doing. That's our subject. Is there no, there's no spiritual element to racism? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. There's no demonic side of racism. Some people just get so racist. They're so caught up. Now, let me give you another one, Brother Pastor Kemp. So a person uh, gets an automatic weapon and kills 50 people. Hmm. And we never mention that there's anything evil, demonic, nothing. It's just, well, you know, they must have been very depressed and they must have been very hard. But what about <laughs> something is wrong? And I think what's even more wrong is that we can't see. It's a good word. Good teaching. It's a great word. I, the and when you when you take that mindset and you push it back, so the you know the the uh, the, the devil is the prince of the power of the air. So he he's he is the lord of the culture, so to say. You know he he's driving it. And then you put that into the idea of schemes of the devil and, and you just reverse engineer this a little bit. When you look at the, the pieces of our culture, so he comes to kill, steal, destroy. When, when you look at the pieces of our culture that are attacked, it's always fascinating to me um, that he will attack or destroy the things that bring stability and peace and health Yep. And he will amplify the things that bring destruction and death. So 
is it an accident, for instance, that uh, human beings would question whether we are created by God? If I was a strategic enemy of God, I would know full well that the first way for me to remove all influence of my enemy is to remove his creation from the category of creation, just make it an accident of nature, because now no one has authority over me because I don't have a creator. So I am, I am my own authority. So suddenly me living my own truth makes all the sense in the world. Yep. Uh, me deciding my own gender makes all the sense in the world. I wasn't create. Who are you to tell me? Right. Man. If I, if I was, a, if I was strategizing against my enemy, if I hated the object of my enemy's affection, which is humanity. Um, if I wanted to wound a family in the most <laughs> devastating way possible, what I would do is destroy the concept of fatherhood. Mm. That's what I would yeah. do. Mm. And yeah. it, it would cause the maximum destruction to the child and to the, the family in general. Wow. It would be the quickest way to keep people impoverished. Yep. The quickest way to make children victims. Um, if I wanted to really destroy a culture, what I would do is I would erode the concept of, of male masculinity within that culture. Mm -hmm. And I would erode the idea that it's noble to be a protector and a provider, which is part of our masculinity. I would either destroy that masculinity by taking away sexual identity or I would yep. distract that masculinity by flooding the culture with pornography. Yes, sir. So, brother so Jim, you, you are hitting on uh, you 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 you're cranking on all eight cylinders there, brother. <laughs> well, um, I've been on vacation for three months, so <laughs> according <laughs> to you send, guys, I'm going to send you back because you're hot. <laughs> yeah. you <laughs> so, I was laughing when you were talking, not because what you were saying was funny, but I thought of a statement that uh, one guy said one time. He said, uh, "If I were the devil." a statement that some people already hold to be true to fact. Uh, I was laughing about that because they said, if I was the devil, maybe some think I am the devil. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're in trouble here. And let's talk about a little bit. Let's get kicked off the air so we don't have to do this anymore. Um, you, you, Daniel is one of those books that brings to the forefront the tremendous opposition and difficulty with culture. And Daniel says, uh, and when you think about it and you read Daniel, he says, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to eat the king's food. Uh, I'm not going to wear his clothes. I, I'm not. Well, we don't have any of that in America anymore. There is no cultural difference mm. between a Christian and a non-Christian. Uh, there used to be, but there isn't anymore. So I, I talk to people daily where I just bite my tongue. I bite my lip when I'm talking to them because they're telling me, um, you know, I was just down to uh, some godless thing. And I'm, I'm going to ask, well, why were you there? Come on now. Question, why were you there? Because they see no difference mm. between Christianity and the culture or anything else. There's no, nothing that's taboo. There's nothing that's off limits. There is not. So, so let, let me pick a very obvious one since I'm getting in trouble today. Um, if you go back 20 to 30 years, you may have to go back further. Um, sleeping with somebody who you are not married to is very obviously wrong. Okay. Uh, today, don't, you better not say that and you better not confront anybody about that kind of behavior, even though it might be wrong. The culture has, and has embraced it and, and ignored it and will not talk about it and will not face it and will not deal with it. And so that's the reason why Christianity has such a great falling away. What's the difference between a Christian and a non-Christian? And what we will say is, I just got this question the other day. Somebody said, well, can you answer me, Bishop? Somebody said that they got saved um, and they wanted to know if they ended up doing some kind of sin or whatever, could that, would that cause them to lose their salvation? I said, well, first of all, we have to find out if they're saved. Yeah. Salvation is not saying a, a set of words and then that magically saved me. 
The Bible says that salvation is a lifestyle change. You are following the way. It is a, it is a path that you are on. It is not simply an ideological position. Uh, and though, here we go again. So that's all culture. So the, the, the way that I say what Bishop just said, which and he's dead on, is I just say, when I am, when I choose, because faith is choosing to believe yes. in what you cannot, will never fully understand. So when I choose to be defined and directed by Christ, uh, I like to say that, that for me, the number one indicator of a true disciple is you stop arguing with the Bible. And you, you let the obvious things like sexual morality is an obvious thing is something uh -huh. that I'm welcoming and I'm embracing. If you're not struggling with it, that's a, a condition of, of the heart. And, and I think, I think in this, every stat and every research and project in the world says that there's almost zero lifestyle uh, difference between Christian and non-Christian. Exactly what, what you're saying, Joey, a huge part of this is because there is a, uh, I think it's heretical. Now I'm probably going to get in trouble, but I think it's heretical teaching that says Christ and following Christ is for me. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's bless me, bless me, prosper me, prosper me, give me what I want, give me what I want. And therefore I come into this, this false teaching that God is endorsing what I want because his role in my life is to make me happy. All the all the the theology of suffering, the theology of yep. want, the theology yep. of radical generosity, has been lost to the theology of narcissism, and it's a and it's a false teaching. And back to kind of our original point, if I was um, if I wanted to destroy a free market capitalistic. Uh, uh, culture that had the opportunity for anyone to be prosperous in it, I would try to make that culture narcissistic and selfish. Yeah. Yep. Because when I'm, when I, when I have all the money and I have all the opportunity and I hoard it, I, I, now that's how I actually help hold down my fellow man. Yeah. When I believe that that money is a reward given to me by God. I just spiritualized all kinds of sin and pride and greed in my life. You know, Pastor Jeff, you are you are hot today, man. I don't. I'm, I'm just, let me just put up the screen and see it. <laughs> and I, I would say the same thing you said, and pick up another little piece of it. If I were the devil, what I would do to destroy Christianity is privatize it, so Ooh, that is anathema. So it is anathema to bring it up in the public square. So now you can't even have the discussion because if you bring it up, we are now the bigots. You don't want to discuss that, do you? That's you should that you should keep that to yourself. That's private. You should deal with that over there. No, no, no. This, this Christianity is a community. It is a community religion. It is not communism, but it is community and communitarian. So therefore, in the Bible, it's together. It's not individualized. It's not privatized. And matter of fact, most of the pronominal used in the New Testament, I know just says some people say, what did he say? What did he say? The pronouns you in the New Testament are mostly plural. Mm. They're not singular. So we, we read over there, and you know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Know you not that your private body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Go back and read it. It's once one of them says private, the other says, know you not that your body, plural, is the body of the Holy Spirit. The church is the body mm -hmm. of the Holy Spirit, not you individually. Mm -hmm. You individually because you are a part of the collective church. Um, let me just say, man, to our audience, um, yeah, we are in rare form today. But this is what this is what happens when you get older and you need three months of vacation in Florida. <laughs> what happened? And wherever Pastor Jeff, they, they came let, let, back 
Let me just say to our audience, I was on a vacation for three months and these two are liars. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to say it as the young people tell me, hey man, they are on one today. They are on one. This is because this is the issue. This is where we are. Yes, absolutely. And that's why it's so rich because this is the, and again, we we said this all here, but there's the weight of God's glory. Mm-hmm. And then there's the weight of the darkness, as you spoke of, Bishop, with Las Vegas, as you spoke of to Pastor Jeff, when you went um, with your friend, like there's the weight and the heaviness that that doesn't rise us up, but it bends us over right? to where, man, I got to get out from under this. Like, yeah. this is just too much. And, and here we go, uh, Pastor. So here, so let, let's 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 give an answer. Let's not let people get, I, I hate to bring people down, drop them in a hole and leave them there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to fight the devil. Yes. How do we do that? You fight him. You reject him. You repent. You you fight against him, and he will flee, flee. from you. We don't. We're not repelling the devil. We're not putting up any opposite force to the devil. We're kind of riding along in the culture. So the devil has no way, no no need to to be afraid or move back. But Daniel pushed back against the culture. Daniel says, "No, I, I'm I'm not going to eat that food." And they said, "Well, listen, if you don't eat it, we all are going to get uh, killed over here. So you better figure." out. He said, "Well, let's let's try an experiment. I'm we're not going to eat it. We're only going to eat certain things. And if the Lord makes us fat." Why we're eating less, you know that God is up to something. If we can stand against the culture and still prosper, then God is up to something. Now, this is critical. Let me tell you why this is critical. Because in a lot of ways, we keep discussing racism, which is a symptom of the problem. Yes. It's not the problem, it's not the issue. It's a major symptom. But it's a symptom. It's what happens when the culture and the devil are prominent. So it's not about racism. It's about the devil. It's about this kingdom. It's about um, the warfare, the kingdom that is going on between light and darkness, God and Satan, um, the world and, 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 and what God wants to do in his kingdom. That's what it's about. But what happens is if the devil can get us, I'm, I'm, I'm with my brother Jeff today. If the devil says, well, if I could, I could get rid of all of that, it's have him focus on this. Yep. Yeah, because because I can I can choose to get along with you and not love you. Uh, I can I can choose to not be aggressive to you, but not actually live life with you. Um but if you're my brother or sister in Christ, I cannot say that I don't want anything to do with you and still say that I claim to love Christ. See, the, 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 the scripture always pulls it down into the heart and, and, um, and won't let us get away with it. It's the same thing when Jesus was like, you look lustfully at a woman, you commit adultery. You know, I never slept with her. I know, but you're on porn all the time. Like, like what, are, what are we talking about? We're talking about the issues and the driving pieces of the heart. I, I wrote down as you were talking, uh, Bishop, I, I was greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. And I really find what uh, what Bishop said earlier fascinating. I, it's kind of burning my mind a little bit where he said, the devil's not my enemy. He's God's enemy. <laughs> And, and so my resisting the devil, resist the devil, flee from you. I thought your example there in Daniel is fantastic. It's like uh, Daniel didn't work up his willpower to call out and stomp the devil. He, he called on God to be God and God made the evil one look foolish. Yep. So, so, yep. so Daniel's focus wasn't on the evil one. His focus was on God. Mm. And then God did, did his work. And, and I think what happens today we we have uh, often we make christianity or or christ following christ we make it about my self-improvement we make it about moralistic things i don't absolutely drink or chew 
Absolutely. When we make it about symptomatic things, like I'm, I don't want to be a racist, right? And I would say like all of those things are achievable without God. All of them. All of them. You don't need God to, to do that. For me to love someone as I am loved has to be a work of the Holy Spirit in my life. Yeah. For, God for doesn't me, do it, it can't happen. For me to view my material things as a steward instead of an owner, I need the work of the Holy Spirit in my life. And these are the things that actually shut doors to people and shut doors in culture. Um, this is like me throwing Jesus on my wokeism or me throwing Jesus on my nationalism. You know, I don't need Jesus to be involved. That That's the same... It's the same thing that every uh, alt-right-wing group does. That they have this hateful position that you cringe at, but they like are doing it for America. And it's the same thing that every alt-left-wing group does. They have this off-the-wall position, but they spiritualize it. Say the Bible changed. It's got nothing to do with the gospel, and it's got nothing to do with actually following Christ. But to live the gospel and be transformed by it is me walking in the spirit, me embracing the power of Christ in my life. And that renewing of the mind and transformation of the heart is what addresses these behavioral issues yep. in yep. my life and my mindsets. Pastor Jeff, you're, I'm telling you, you're so hot today. I feel a sermon series coming okay. on. Now. Well, I, I kind of wrote one down here as I we were talking. I think you got one coming on. <laughs> I, I want to I kind of end with what I think is the most a beguiling part of Christianity in keeping with what we're discussing. You hit it all over the head, um, Pastor Jeff. Coming to church, listening to a sermon, and walking out either saying or thinking, I can do that. Yeah, that's good. And that's good. what we do every Sunday. It's just a, it's just a mo. Somebody asked me the other day, um, or they said to me the other day, so and so, and I'm going. I'm not going to call the name. Is that that's good motivational speaking? It's not a sermon, <laughs> but it's good. It, it 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 enlightens folks. They feel good about themselves. They feel better about themselves. They think they can do it. They're motivated to go out and to try it. The problem is, you can't do it without the power of the Holy Ghost. And that's what's different about the church. The difference between the church and the world is, I know I can't get anything done without God. The world thinks they can. And most of the church world yeah. thinks they can. So they listen to my sermon and they say this, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn over a new leaf. I'm going to do better. I'm going to do better next week. You know what I'm going to do? The problem is humanity doesn't have that much power. Yeah. Only God can do some of these. Love, you can love people, but aren't you glad that the Bible has about four different words for love? Mm. Because agape love is a love of God. It is not a secular love. It is not something you can will up, think up, philosophize up. It is something that the Holy Ghost must do in you. So what's the problem? Let's, let's say, so what's the problem? That's what we're talking about, racism. You need, and we need, to love one another. So why can't we solve it by all that we do? Because we could talk about it all day long. That won't change the power dynamic. It has to be produced. What, what we need for all cultural issues is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faith. Sound like in front of the spirit. And all of that has to be produced by God. Yeah. Like I can't, I cannot produce that within my myself. No. Nope. But it it's it's at the at the root of racism, materialism, sexism, that that's the solution to all of it. Absolutely. Uh, and, it and it has to be a God solution be, because I think it is a devil's scheme. Mm-hmm. And a devil's scheme can only be defeated with a God solution at it, at its very, very core. Absolutely. And, and we need, I mean, if you think about the fruit of the spirit, not the fruits of the spirit, but the fruit of the spirit, all nine, 
Because I have people who are like, well, I'm working on fruit number one this week. No, all nine. The Holy Spirit brings all nine, yeah. not just one. So we are talking about, now think about this as an analogy as we get ready to go off, Brother Kemp, because you're, you're in charge. Think about this as an analogy, particularly you, because you're, you're the guy that's doing this. So you are, you got a football game. You show up for the football game, but, but there are, there's no other team there. You just come on the field, but there's nobody to play. Christians are having a Christian battle with nobody. Because mm. there's no devil. Mm. There's no evil. There's nothing that we need to deal. So I think about the four realities that you have to face. Let me see if I can come up with them. I'm 70. I might not be able to. Self sin, the world, the devil. You got to fight those. Tell me how many sermons you'll hear today on any of those. Mm. All we have is motivational speakers getting up saying everything's going to be all right. God loves you. He's going to deliver you. It'll be all right in the end. Um, uh, essentialism that God loves us so much he'll never do anything to America you know and so all of it is all positive but there are enemies that you must fight all right I think brother Kim is writing stuff down I think he's gonna be preaching soon. yeah I think yeah, he's, yeah I, I, think got, he's, I, got, uh, I think I got he's plenty. still shocked that he's in charge <laughs> yes yes <laughs> Y'all at least make me feel like I am, so I appreciate that. <laughs> um, man, this was uh, this was weighty today. This was heavy. Um, and I encourage our audience, man, listen to this three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine times. And the underlying thing to all this, and, and this kind of goes back to what we talk about even in our world, right? We we so we are so, and, and Bishop, you taught me this a while ago, two years ago, matter of fact, when I came back in two and a half. It's the two cultures that we live in, right? It's the being and the doing. And we can really get caught up in working harder. Even as believers, we work harder at being saved or being Christians. We work harder at it. When really the shift is, it's, it's more about heart work than hard work. Because hard work is- I hear a series, I hear it coming, there it is, hard work. It leads more to transformation. Yep. Like, yeah, hard work could change some things. Yep. But it'll end up going back. It'll cycle back. But hard work is what leads to transformation. And that is really the change that God wants and that the yep. change that we should be desiring. So um, grace, grace. It's about grace. Amen. It's about knowing so, God and being known by him, not knowing information. Come on now. And so for our audience today, you didn't know this, but you, you tuned in today to the Intersection University podcast where we had professors <laughs> Johnson and Bo just really break it all the way down, completely down, man. I'm so appreciative. I don't. Back, I, I just before we quit before you say your your thing. You got. I know you're getting ready to say your stuff. I think we should pray for people. Come on, anybody, man. Let's pray. Anybody Please. that's watching today, that's watching this, whenever it's aired, and are have gotten in touch with the fact that maybe there is a spirit that maybe over my job, maybe in my home, maybe at my church, um, <laughs> a spirit of heaviness, mm -hmm. that there is deliverance yes. available. So let me just pray real quick. Father, yes. I pray for deliverance, Thank you, not only for us that are on here, but for anybody that would come into contact with this, that you would let them know that the spirit comes to bring deliverance. As a matter of fact, there was a scripture in your holy word that says that Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. Come on now. It's not one of the ones we use, Lord, but it is there. But that is his ultimate goal because when the devil is destroyed, the kingdom will become manifest. So thank mm -hmm. you for this opportunity. We pray your spirit uh, would rise up and lift up a standard against the devil when he comes in like a flood and that we would have deliverance. And we pray it in your son Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, man, thank you, everybody, for jumping on and being with us today. 
Man, oh man, continue to see God's voice navigating all the different intersections of your life. As I continue to intersect with Bishop Johnson, Pastor Jeff Bold, um, who are brothers and friends, but also now professors. So if you need them to come teach class, they are available. Um, but please send your checks to Love Akron if they there you do. Go. So hey, but um, you can always follow us on any of the podcasting platforms. Please follow the intersection, download it. If you have any questions, feedback for us, man, you can send those um, those questions and feedback to intersection at loveakron.com. That's intersection at loveakron.com. Until next time, we'll see you at the intersection. God bless you now. Thanks again for listening to today's episode of The Intersection, where we look at how everything intersects and brings us all back to Jesus. You can subscribe and follow us on Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, and YouTube. You can reach out to us with questions or comments at intersection at loveakron.com. That's intersection at loveakron.com. And we'll see you next time at The Intersection.